every ounce of stress that I have in my entire life, like every ounce of it surrounds itself with money. I woke up the other night, just had like this instant panic and anxiety for no reason. My situation was no different than it was the day before, but it was always like about money. I keep telling myself, everybody says, if you're not waking up in the middle of the night crying because you don't know what to do, then you're not, you haven't experienced entrepreneurship. So many people nowadays want somebody to come help them, but what they don't realize is you, no one's gonna help you. We grew up really, really poor. I think in was sixth grade, seventh grade, and we lived in a hotel. We had no house. And we're all literally in one room. All three of my siblings, me, my mom, my dad, our two dogs. It was insane. You lived in a hotel? Lived in a hotel room, yeah. Welcome to the Failure Podcast. I am your host, Austin. We are here with the one and only Carter Zaski behind the sticks. You're supposed to say, what's up, Carter? Is your thing even plugged in? Uh, yeah, I had it. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> and uh, we have a very special guest for you guys today, uh, Miss Kim Keys. Thank you. You, um, we, we've, uh, we've met once before, a couple times before, but we have done a show together on your, uh, your podcast, mm-hmm. the... What is it that you guys just recently changed the name again? You t- turned it to the Biz Over Beer Untapped mm-hmm. podcast, which yep. I like it. You guys have uh, you guys have been doing this for a while, and you also uh, you manage passage passages to success. Um, you run your own basic. Is it a social media like a uh, uh, consulting agency, more or less? What what more how? Or less, yeah. Explain to me how you uh, what that business is for you for one. And welcome to the podcast. Sorry, yeah, I was thank you. I was just. <laughs> carrying on with our conversation we were having about five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. Just get right into it. Yeah, um, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Passages to Success is a newer journey I'm a part of. Same with Business Over Beer. I wasn't the original, you know, podcast host for that. It's mm-hmm. all within the year of 2023 is when I joined Ben Surratt. Uh, see, I know his last name. That's true. I have to. He's, he's a good <laughs> friend, though. No. Um, last names aren't important. Um, but yeah, no, so we joined, I joined that, but prior I ran since the year of 2021, my own social media business and it kind of grew and adapted. I think it started out as, Hey, I love local. Let me do all your local fun stuff and mm-hmm. just help spread your word. Cause it was during COVID. It was peak time when nobody could sit inside and all that. So I was like, let me promote you. That's what I want to do. So and then it kind of grew into consulting. Is so, it? Okay. Yeah. So what are you doing? Is this your full-time gig now or do you have another gig? No. So it's kind of weird. I just like the typical journey of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You do multiple things at a time. Um, I'm still figuring out, you know, I worked retail for 17 years, corporate level style. And right. when I quit in 2020, I took six months off. had no idea what the hell I wanted to do with my life. I still don't know what the hell I want to do with my life. And I love doing the podcast piece. I love talking to small businesses and I love just giving back in a social community. So mm-hmm. those I have nailed down to what I enjoy yeah. It's just more on a bigger level, like bringing in income or any of that kind of thing. I haven't really figured out what I want to do. So 2020 you left your retail job. What were you, where were you working before this? Yeah. So I think, so I worked with gap. Um, I was a store manager for the gap at Lloyd center. Okay. In Portland. If you know Lloyd Center, mm-hmm. poor little baby Lloyd Center. It's That's no like longer really now. a mall. Yeah. There's still the ice skating rink and they have plans to, you know, upgrade and all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, but I already knew when I was going to any retail spot here in Portland, 
the Pacific Northwest, once I moved from Florida, I knew I was done with retail. Yeah. It was just, you know, we moved out here in 2017. Technically, it was January 1st of 2018. We moved out here. And, you know, I wanted to make sure we pay off our wedding, that we were getting married that later that year. And I wanted to make sure financially I'm in a good spot before I quit retail and figure out what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then many years later, I just couldn't keep quitting. It just wasn't in my mindset to quit. I love people. I love working with people. I grew attached to all my teams. Mm -hmm. So even though on a personal level, I was done with retail and everything, I feel like I had to stay to help my teammates and help develop them. And just, I'm super loyal in that in a fault Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I spent almost three years extra in retail than I should have. Sure. Especially since I started when I was 16. So So are you still doing retail now or no? No. um, The only kind of retail I will ever do again, well, knock on wood mm-hmm. <laughs> is going to be like small business. So like pop local. Yeah. I will help out Jessica. She's one of my best friends, but it also grew to a point where I was like, Hey, I want to be market presence. I want to help you with night market mm-hmm. because that's what I love to do. I love connecting with those small business owners and again, giving back. And I feel like on a corporate level, you can't technically really have a voice mm-hmm. or be your own person where at these smaller business levels, you can still be part of a team and have those core values. Why do you so. think you're so passionate about small business? Like what know. makes you so like <laughs> intrigued about connecting with that sense? Is it, is it because you want to learn from these people? You feel like, um, you know, they're just all very similar. Like what is it the people or is it just the, the business side of things of figuring things out? Like what, yeah. what is that for you? Or do you know yet? I don't know. It's kind of a little bit of everything. You know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being able to see people's passions yeah. and learning from that and understanding why they do what they do and the journeys they went through, it really fascinates me. It makes me excited to continue to think for myself and figure out what I want to do with my life. How old I don't are you, know. Kim? I am 35. Does it make you nervous that you don't know what to do yet? Yes and no. I think I was in that bubble of work, 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 You know, make a paycheck go to the next level, the next level, the next level within a corporate ladder Mm -hmm. for so long. It was just in my DNA. And there are times where I'm like, fuck, what am I doing with my life? Like, I have no idea what I want to do. And then there's other times where I'm like, no, I have the freedom now to be creative and kind of spin how I want to do things. Yeah. You know, eventually it's always been in my goal to start my own nonprofit and I want to do it. I was a theater major and I want to do it for underprivileged kids like I was growing up to where you can have an outlet to escape your kind of home life. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to create something like that. So that's going to be kind of my like retirement kind of end goal if it doesn't start sooner. But no matter what, by the time I'm 50, I wanted to start that program in some format. Dude, that's, that's a really cool, that's cool that you don't feel that because I feel like a lot of people feel unsettled when they don't know what they want to do at our age. Yeah. I'm not, you're not, you're a few years older than me, but in that sense, you know, you spend a lot of your life and even when you are in high school, yeah. you know, from the second year in high school, people are asking you, you got to know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? You're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why do I have to have it all figured out? Yep. Especially it's as exhausting, a millennial. right? Yes. Like even, even to this day, like I, I, I realize that after, as I'm saying this on Carter's podcast, I'm like, so what are you going to do, bro? And he's, his answer is like, I don't know. You just catch yourself constantly asking that mm-hmm. question. But props, dude, for not being so just, I don't know what you call it, cookie cutter, man. Yeah. Because like every, that's, that's the, the, what are you going to do? I want to do A, B, or C. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you don't have that figured out, then a lot of people are like, what do you mean? You're 35. You don't have it figured out. (laughs) Yeah. Props to you. 
I don't like going in the same direction as other people. I mean, I'm 35. I have no kids. Yeah. You know, that was a choice I made with right. my partner, my husband. You know, and that already sets people back. They're like, oh, you're a 35 year old woman. Why don't you have kids? Mm -hmm. You know, your time is running out. Is it though? Like at a certain point, if I decide I don't want to do that, what if I want to adopt when I'm 40? So it's right. just in those same kind of pattern where I just want to do my own thing and not feel guilty about it or sorry for it. And, you know, that took me a while to get to that point so for you, sure. <laughs> you haven't always been that way though. No, I, well, I don't know. Yes and no. I think deep down I always was, but I was in such that corporate mindset. I was the scared to take the next, take that leap to actually do what I love. Yeah. But you've always you've always been kind of just a go with the flow thing is what you're saying though. Pretty like, much, yeah. Don't yeah. really care. No, I I don't know. I just I want to be my own person. I was kind of the black sheep for my family too. I mean, growing up, I don't see it that way anymore. Mm -hmm. But definitely when I was living in my household, I felt like a black sheep. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh no, I can actually relate to my dad in this way, my mom in this way, my sisters like this. Why did you feel like a black sheep? Um, because I didn't, you know, maybe the same beliefs when it came to religion or that I need to go to college or any of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make a name for myself and make my own money, but I didn't want to necessarily have to do X, Y, Z because I'm told to. Yeah. And I always fought back. I was the oldest too. So there's a lot of responsibility that was on me. And I think that kind of shaped the way I am today. You said, you said religion first. Are your parents yeah. very religious? They are. They are. Yeah. They were for a while, then they stopped, and then they are again, pretty much. What, what and I, I respect that completely. They're Christian. Christian. Yeah. And I completely respect yeah. that, but I'm so open-minded that I feel like it's, it's fascinating to me, too, to understand where other people's religions are mm -hmm. and, you know, what formed that relationship with whoever they pray to, whether mm -hmm. it's spiritually or to a God or whatever that case may be. I'm just a little more open. Doesn't yeah. mean I don't believe there's not nothing out there. I just, I like to listen and, you know, relate to people on different levels. Yeah. No, I think it's, I feel like I actually didn't realize how many people's lives and how many kids have the same, I, ha I grew up the same way where a lot of my family was super religious. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's so hard to get sucked into that just because your family does it or mm -hmm. your parents do it. And I just, I don't, I don't mean sucked into it as if it's a bad thing, but it's just, we conform to those around us often. Yeah. So if you were raised in a specific certain religion and you don't, then you end up becoming the odd one out. Mm -hmm. So, um, was that, was that hard for you growing up? Yeah, it was because, you know, I don't like being forced to do something and I felt like, Oh dude, I can so relate to that. They're like, you have to go to church every Sunday. And then even like it's just the even people the that word church. like makes you not want to do something. Yes. Like <laughs> don't force me to do <laughs> No. <laughs> you telling me to do it yeah. makes me not want to do it. That's especially at such a like influencer time where it's like, okay, when you're 15, 16 years old, you're figuring out who the hell you want to be mm -hmm. and your personality and your own personal beliefs. And if you're being told you have to do this and this and this, I'm like, no, fuck that. I don't yeah. want to do that. <laughs> Dude, I just think that there's just so much like, like I, I said this so many times, but I just feel like things like, uh, I don't know, I, I understand the concept behind it. I just, and I don't know how I would feel either too. I'm trying to think from your parents' side of the view, like mm -hmm. how would you feel if you had some kids and you know, you, this was your way of life and you had mm -hmm. a child who just wasn't about it. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you allow them that open-mindedness or do you believe in your faith so strong that it's like, no, you're wrong. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's got to be so tough for a parent, too, mm-hmm. to handle that on the other side of things. And I'm the only one to this day that still is so open minded when it comes to religion. And we'll have pretty healthy debates. I do respect my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've come a long way, both of them. And they actually listen to me. So when I talk about women's rights or if I if even politics gets brought up at all, <laughs> I'm like, can we just understand each other's side, agree to disagree and then move on? <laughs> like, Bro, it's so awkward. <laughs> it's just one of those conversations that I feel like if you, uh, oh man, it'll just ruin families, mm-hmm. ruin. So if you can have that conversation with your family, props to you. I, it's I don't not even, easy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's uncomfortable too. Mm-hmm. But you know, hopefully your family. Yeah. And like I said, I respect them. I respect that what they believe in. I will never bash them ever. Mm -hmm. I have my own scars from it, my own beliefs, you know, what I've learned from it, but no, like believe in whoever you want to believe in. I don't understand why that's so hard to just live with, but I don't Mm, know. I just think, I think it's hard for people to believe because they, they have chosen that, you know, I think a lot of things, uh, with, with religion, which I don't know why I keep getting on this topic here within the show, but, um, you know, a a lot of like picking the path that you choose, you kind of can't, if you choose to believe it, you have, you have to believe all of it. Mm -hmm. You can't like believe some of it because then you get down to this point where it's like, well, what do you mean you disagree with that? Why? That's not what this says. That's not what this, you, you have to believe in, all like why can't i just have a piece of this or a piece of that makes sense to me mm-hmm. usually all the same thing in my opinion in most religions are the fact that there is a god yeah and the, i don't know what that is mm-hmm. or what story you portray around the god but that there is a god yeah and that's that's what it boils down to for me oh yeah. agreed. and yeah. religion conversation so <laughs> moving forward moving on um, I want to talk more with, I, I, I was, I was more curious too on your entrepreneur path that you're on now being that, okay, so you, you do do this full time or you don't. So I took a small hiatus from my social media company, serendipitous behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that because I really wanted to focus, kind of just put all my marbles into passages to success. I didn't want to split my time. I felt like that was unfair to me just joining in on this business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to continue for quarter this quarter to be on hiatus. And I've right. gotten so many messages <laughs> about social media. And it's kind of cool because it's like it renewed my feeling on it. I uh-huh. felt like I got to a point where with serendipitous, it was very money greedy. And I, that's not who I am. That's not what my mission was ever. It was always to help yeah. and to be there for that small business and keep in mind that small businesses can't afford a social media manager or mm-hmm. they don't even really always budget for marketing. So right now it's kind of split time between serendipitous again, which is kind of exciting mm-hmm. and passages. And I kind of do want to look for a nonprofit job. I think I want to get into that world and understand that world a little better. So I, I know could reach about my nonprofits too. I know very little. I've been on a couple of committees, um, like Habitat for Humanity mm-hmm. in Vancouver. Lindsay's amazing. And I was like, I, want to be part of this committee i wasn't in it for like the past six eight months because of serendipitous and passages but you know I how many clients did you have with your oh social media agency it was crazy at one point i had about 20 clients and and what are you doing for them i so that's the hard part i had no boundaries i don't didn't know how to say no i was a people pleaser okay so i would do everything 
I would become their full on marketing, redo their website. I would do all the social media. I would capture all the content. I would do all the videography. I would do all the analytics, create new platform, everything. You Bro, name how much it. One of these, how much are these people paying you? <laughs> uh, definitely not enough. <laughs> Can you, we can believe well, it if you now, want. I'm curious. No, what was fun. your, what was your, like, yeah. what was your most highest paid client? Highest paying, paying client was 40 an hour. And that's what I'm sticking at now is being at 40 an hour. Um, obviously I'll have like a little, Hey, you have all the content, give it to me. I'll organize it. So what and it, it'll be the set price for a month. But other than that, it's 40 an hour. Okay. And even that, I feel like everybody tells me it's too low, but what I started with was 20 an hour. So I've increased it $20 an hour over the, since I started in 2021, I started March 3rd, 2021. How do you gauge that time though with them? Like you yeah. don't flat fee it. No, I've tried a few things. I've tried a package deal. I've tried flat fee. Mm -hmm. I now make them pay at the beginning of the month. And I'm like, this is what you're paying for. It could be five hours or something along those lines. Um, I think now it, that package I just created uh, for a future client who just signed up, it's going to be three posts and stories a week and your build and will come with like a monthly calendar. So that way I can help you create all your content or sorry, not create it, organize your content because creating is a whole nother ballpark, mm -hmm. but I'll help them organize it. Do three posts, three stories a week on Facebook and Instagram. Do you post for them or do they post for themselves? I will post for them okay. and I can schedule it out that kind of format. Right. Um, so that way they can see kind of what it looks like when I create that monthly calendar. Um, so if they have events or anything, you know, I can explain when you should be posting ahead of time and, and all that jazz. All platforms or just one? Uh, this will be for specifically Instagram and Facebook. That okay. seems to be kind of what everybody, the bare minimum. Yeah. And then if they want TikTok, that's a whole different ballpark because you mm -hmm. have to post different content, shorts on YouTube, you can, totally yeah. different. Scheduling and everything is Ew, totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even reels. I still have a love-hate relationship with posting on Instagram. How are you How are you charging your own time to do that? Like mm -hmm. how much are you, like what do you think somebody's paying a month? Yeah. So the one package I have, where I literally it's like bare bones. Mm -hmm. You give me your, your stuff. I will just organize it for that month, schedule it, post it. Mm -hmm. And then I'll reshare stories and maybe occasionally I answer to audience, but it needs to be like a group effort kind of thing. Right. Um, that is, I'm doing that at 350 a month and that really? comes down to 27 an hour mm -hmm. for my time. And the reason I did that, I've gone up and down, up and down. Some of my packages were a thousand dollars a month. Definitely have tried that route. Mm-hmm. But I really want to cater to like these really small, tiny businesses. And in order to do that, I have to build some kind of rapport or trust with them and show them. How are you going to make a living off that? I though? know. I don't. I definitely don't. I mean, if I have 10 clients, it's not too shabby because I take like it all home. I don't pay for any other. You, I don't pay for Canva. Yeah, but you don't feel like don't you're that's undervaluing <laughs> your time. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. So it's just hard. Money's so like weird to me, too. I, I understand that. I don't disagree with you, but I also think if you understood, here's what I think that a piece and as, as from my perspective of this is the person you think maybe only has 20 bucks in their bank account has a hundred K. Yeah. Yeah. When you have 20 bucks in your account mm -hmm. and you're trying to value yourself as a business and you are struggling and you're giving up on that time and you're helping that person. I'm not saying that you, the, all these people that you're helping are that. Right. I'm saying, I'm sure there's a percentage of that. Oh, definitely. And how do you not like, like how do you not let that be something where someone's taking advantage of you? Because you as a small business, you're grinding mm -hmm. for that. You're, you're paying the, the, these people paying you 40 bucks an hour, whatever it is, or three fifty a month, your lowest package, or even the thousand bucks at your lowest package. 
I would, dude, like somebody doing my social media for a thousand bucks a month, like that's such a steal. Yeah. And even, even when I was one coffee shop Mm -hmm. and I think that small business is hard. Mm -hmm. Social media is hard, but it's not, I just, I just, (laughs) no, it's not, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Yeah. And I know that if you had 20 clients at one time, you were straight (laughs) killing yourself. There is no way. Yeah, I was dead. (laughs) Like that and is that was strictly hourly. So those were forty dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So and okay. then it's like I changed my mindset too to make sure I'm getting paid heads up, you know, ahead of time, beginning of the month, because there were times where people would, oh well, this month I can't pay you, or I need to pause you and for you're this like, oh, month. Fine. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay, I just want you to remember me. Yeah, and I had to learn boundaries, and I'm still learning that. I'm still formatting what that looks like, and yeah, I don't know. <sighs> you're gonna hate me right now my husband would be your best friend no i just told me all no dude i had a conversation with him you know how much he's making for one client a month right now a thousand bucks a month and he posts one reel a day he just edits it you son of a bitch and this is this is in i'm not i'm not i'm not saying i'm saying you deserve more Mm -hmm. and i think that what's what you're trying to say is like i don't really care about the money like i'm not in to make money i just want to help people but i think if you you can't help people if you can't take care of yourself yeah and i think that my like you sound like, almost sound like this isn't a fucking intervention by the way <laughs> this <laughs> is thing not an intervention <laughs> by the way i just feel like you're undervaluing yourself of what you're worth mm-hmm. i know i have those conversations with myself all the time so <laughs> why, i'm like what the fuck are you doing not, get together not only that but like you're un- you're undervaluing yourself and your time so much so that you're making it seem like you're like i have to be stuck in this hole and grind you know, so that I can grow these people's trust and whatnot. But what's going to happen? Excuse me, Waterloo beer burps. What's going to happen is you're going to wear yourself out. So this, I have been there in your shoes. Mm-hmm. You wear yourself out so thin, which it sounds like you already have because you stopped. And you're so exhausted. You're so burnt out from doing so much for mm-hmm. so little that you're like, this isn't worth it anymore. Yeah. And like, dude, I get it. I want to help small business too. I am all about it. But I think to some extent, you need to understand that in order to help people, you have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Even if that means financially. Yeah. Money isn't just about money like I want to be greedy and rich and whatever. And this is I have the same exact concept with money, which is the most frustrating thing in the world to me is why is it always about money? Mm-hmm. Why is everything about money? Why do I always have to just like, why am I the podcast? You know what I mean? Like yep. no one's paying me to do this. But ultimately, I'm like, yo, like, hopefully I can make money about this someday. That'd be cool. You know, yeah. that's, that's, I feel like, my mindset with it right now. But even with coffee shops, we need to charge more. I can't charge more for this. People are going to, like, when somebody bitches at you for your prices, mm-hmm. you, you look at yourself and you go, like, dude, am I really making a coffee that's worth 7 bucks for, you know, a 16-ounce? But the thing is, you go look at Starbucks. You go look at Dutch Bros. You go look at the next social media agency that's doing the same thing that you're doing, mm-hmm. and you're doing it for a quarter of the price, and they are treating their employees, or their their their, we'll just call it their uh, their clients, crappy or shitty, and you're like, I'm giving them all of these benefits, and I'm only taking a sliver, mm-hmm. and I feel good about that, right? But only as long as you can last. Yep. And then you just diminish into nothing. That was a long rant. I'm sorry. No. It's like a, I said, you and my husband can be best friends. I just <laughs> he told me this. Even when I was typing it out, he's like, 
Okay, but you can do that little starter, bare minimum. It's not really going to take you all that time to really do what you're charging. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you have to really be more loving to yourself and up your price. Like, <laughs> Even if it's just like your hourly. Even if you do like that bare bones, this is the minimum you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And there's no videos in that, nothing. It's literally just scheduling and posting. Is it? Is it though, is it like, is it the fact that you're afraid that they're just not going to be able to pay it? Oh, I've been through it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably because I'm not going to the right people. Mm. I've definitely have had those experiences um, where I couldn't say no. And yeah. I was with someone that they would use me for everything uh-huh. and then not pay me. And, you know, I've learned those lessons and boundaries and stuff. And I don't know, even if it, I don't know, I just can't get it out of my head to try to not think about money. <laughs> Which is so you fucked know what? up. But no, I know, it's not at all, dude. No, yeah. it's not. Because you don't want to be money driven. Yes. And I think that you're strictly right. I think we, I think you just need to change your perspective of how you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I, I know I'm money driven in the sense right now that I know that that is taking care of and supporting my family and my future. Mm-hmm. Not because I want to be greedy or an asshole or make more money than the guy next to me. It's because I know that I'm worth it. I know. And, and not only that, like, dude, if you work your ass off, like there's people that work their asses off and make 16 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can go be that guy. If you want to be that guy, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy because I know what I bring to the table Mm -hmm. and you know what you bring to the table in that sense. And I think that, that it's just, it's this concept that you feel like you're fucking people over when you're not. Yeah. You're, they're going to go, they're not talking shit about your clients. <laughs> I'm not, I'm really not trying to fire up on your clients here, but I just mean like, because of course you're offering a service. People are going to take that, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that you would find that if, if somebody is willing to pay for that, I think maybe, maybe if you did do it, if the consulting aspect of things, like, like have offering consulting is cool. You get to help people. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing the work, you're like, yo, I'm, I'm a, I can't. You want to hear what's really messed up? Tell me. Consulting? I charge more. <laughs> you should. I literally charge. I and what's it's kind of messed up. Like, because consulting, it gives a lot of my energy and my time, and I need to know that worth. And I have no problem charging way more to have a consulting session with me than if I just schedule your three posts a week. And you do one consulting session with with a company or do you do multiple? Um, It depends on the company. Um, I've offered in the past to do it. Hey, let's have a bi-weekly or weekly or bi-monthly or Mm -hmm. it literally is customizable because I have found every single small business is so extremely different that I work with that I couldn't even do a package. I was like, let's just talk about what you need. And then I go and send them a quote. I think the easiest that worked was two a month two consulting sessions a month, each one being an hour. You know, it could be like a brainstorming session. It could be, you know, I di- I dissect their entire social media platforms and give them tips and tricks and mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Right. Or, yeah. And you're able to, like, how do you market this? I haven't. <laughs> just like connections? Yeah, connections. Basically, well, that makes much. sense. Mm-hmm. It's because you're, you're just so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so awesome. Not... <laughs> God, I feel like such an asshole it. right now. This is not what I expected. I'm just so I'm mad at you right now. I'm fucking mad at you, bro. 
I want you to be paid for what you're worth. And I know that you are worth so much more than 350 bucks a fucking month for however many posts a week. Like, like screw that. You deserve better and you deserve clients that are going to take care of you and not the, and, and the opposite is fine. But if that needs to be reciprocated and by taking care of you, it means like, yo, if I am literally just was up till midnight last night working on your posts and I did that four times this week, like, no, dude, not cool. It's and that's I think if you sat down and you told them that and you're like, I love you, like you're we're great. This is a phenomenal relationship. And that's what that's what I always treat it with too. When I have to tell people no, it's more like like I had to have a hard conversation recently mm-hmm. with one with the guy that who he's doing it with. I was doing it at first. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, can't do this anymore. I'm sep- I'm time with my family is gone, time with myself is gone. And I'm spending way too much time on this and mm-hmm. it is exhausting me to the point where like I can't, I can't even take care of myself right now. Yeah. And I think that is, I'll fight for people, you know, that I love, people that I care about, uh, whether that's another business or whatever, but mm-hmm. like you just have to know that limit and share it with them. Most of the time people are going to, going to support you still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something I'm working on. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna touch base here. Yeah, next week. Okay, <laughs> and I change my entire. No, you don't need to do that. <laughs> no. Okay, so if you could, because uh, I think I think this is one of those things too. Where ha- what does Ben say? You talked to Ben about this. Oh yeah, I haven't talked to him since I started it back up. Yeah. This month, but you know, and I haven't released anything, so mm-hmm. I'm still working on what I want to do, how I'm going to prioritize that time, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but I know he's always saying you need to know your worth. I mean, that's part of passages. It's the reason I was a founding member mm-hmm. is because I needed to know my worth. I was charging $20 an hour. If even that, you know, it might've been less sometimes. And then I saw on a sign that pop Murphy's was hiring for $20 an hour. And I'm like, well, <laughs> shit, I need to make more. I can go work at Papa Murphy's right now. <laughs> do you? And do it was an eye opener. I mean, I'm at a huge conversation about that. Yeah, yeah. Have you talked with? Uh, have you talked with other social media agencies or anybody else that's that's doing this type of thing? That's hard, um, and that's kind of what I love about Passages is that we wanted to create a community mm-hmm. and not competition mm-hmm. because I do feel like a lot of other businesses that we are with you are direct competition, but yeah. in my case, it's not. Because what I cater to is completely different to what this social media, this social media, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked to one, and she's kind of going through the same thing. She's a starter up, and she's kind of going through the same journey. She can't figure out what that looks like because she's been burned. Just like, you know, I've been burned where a customer can't pay me or something. Yeah. So that really kind of shifts, okay, well, maybe I need to think of this, you know. And the other company's huge. And she's fantastic. We talk all the well, not all the time. It's been a while. So w- the problem that you have, if I hit, if I can nail it down, is just small business. You feel like those people don't have the finances mm-hmm. or the money to pay that. Yeah. And I would, I think I would t- say, I don't disagree with that. I think, I think you're, I or I do disagree with that in a sense that I think. Small business have money. They just don't know where to put it. Yeah. Oh, that's 100%. Like, yeah. where do I spend mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. And I think now you just have to f- make your, you have to portray the value yeah. that it's worth it for them. Mm-hmm. Because you and I know the power of social media. 
the average Joe who has never posted on Instagram or Facebook yep. does not know the power of social media. So that's what you're selling. Yeah. Not like I'm going to, you know, get and it's social media is also hard because there's, it's very hard to, to show results. Mm-hmm. It's hard to show like, Hey, it changes. You, you can't, you can't see the, uh, the conversion rate of what it is, mm-hmm. that how many customers you are bringing in the door. You're just kind of hoping and guessing. Yeah. I had that conversation with a past client and they're like, we just can't use your services. And I was like, oh, may I ask why you don't want to use them anymore? And they said they saw no ROI from social media. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but how do you prove that? Because are these people coming to your events? Yeah. Are they walking in your door? Maybe you need to take that initiative as a business owner and ask them straight up. What brought you in today? Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you some of them are going to say social media. Right. Yeah, it's, it's hard really, to measure it's that. hard, dude. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's a hard thing to sell. So, okay. And it's hard to justify why you need someone to manage it mm-hmm. when you could do it in-house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why the consulting is so important to me because I can consult someone to literally get paid at $20, $25 an hour, whatever that sure. individual is being paid to do social media at that company they work for mm-hmm. and versus me. Obviously, I want to get charged more because I know the expertise. I know the in and out. Yeah, I don't like working with one industry either because I want to be able to create, dip my hands into different things and not Mm -hmm. make it look like it's the same. Like if you saw some of my clients, I don't think you would think, well, some of my older clients, I don't think you would think that I ran them Mm -hmm. because it's not my voice at the end of the day. It's their voice. Yeah. So just the way I present that is probably a little different, probably a little more organic Mm -hmm. than I think some of those bigger social media companies do right where it just becomes off like er, yeah. do you use ai chat gpt a lot or no no not really it's all uh i want organic i want real words from real people i don't know i just and i don't hate it yeah. it's definitely handy <laughs> cuts your time in half that's for sure but you're making me sad right now <laughs> ai just every time i've ever done a post with ai i'll have a friend be like, oh, you used AI for that. I'm like, you I hate it bitch. too, dude. I do too. And that's not why ma- you're making me sad because I see all of these avenues and you're just such a wholesome person and character. And you're like, you're like, like a hot mess. No, you're like, <laughs> I want to take the hard route. I want to take the hard route. This is the part I have had this conversation so many times with so many people that I care about. And it is everybody like, I love that aspect but you have to find a way to i think still the the pro okay society's gonna go away mm-hmm. like go their their direction right you're either gonna follow or you're not and when you don't follow with society you end up going down this road where you you get everything 10 times harder it's like even with and I only asked ChatGPT because I know that every freaking social media company uses ChatGPT mm-hmm. and and saves you tremendous amounts of time because I'm the same way. I do yeah. I do like to write my I very rarely use ChatGPT in any of my posts for anybody's social media that I run, whether it's my own or or any of my past clients. And I also don't uh, I like the aspect of making it my own. You know, and like personalizing it to that way, but I like I, being dude, witty. I feel your <laughs> yes, I feel it. It's like sometimes you're sitting there, you know, and you're like trying to make a post for this, and you're like, "Gosh, this does not." I I got nothing. Mm-hmm. I am dead, brain yep. dead, dude. 
so many times. <laughs> like even with my own content, I have just been like, yep. Well, you also, there's only so many ideas before you're like, what, what do I talk about? I'm so yeah. burned out on this one wine that I'm showcasing over and over and over. What the heck do I talk about? And you know, that's when chat GPT comes in handy, it gives you ideas. And yeah. it's almost like I'm brainstorming with a computer, <laughs> you know, like, and I kind of yeah. dig that. I actually think that that's probably a better way that I would enjoy using it is for like ideas and then putting my spin on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that provi- that can help a Not lot. Not copying and pasting it. Correct. Yeah. But dude, the part that frustrates me is there's somebody that's paying 10 times more than you, uh, or that's getting paid 10 times more than you that's doing that. Yeah. And that is where I like, that's where I go, well, do I just follow? I never even thought about that. <laughs> Doesn't that frustrate yeah, you? Yeah, that does frustrate me more, yeah. It's like, like that. that is the whole point of knowing your value. It's like, why, why is this next, is it, when does the moral aspect of it end? Mm-hmm. Beca- because at some point you're just getting used. Yeah. You're just getting taken advantage of. And that is the part where I'm like, I can't do it anymore. Yep. I'm done. And I wanted to be known, I w- Yes, I'm a co-owner of Passages, but it doesn't mean I don't benefit from those workshops and development myself personally. Yeah. Like I am not the one to tell a business owner, hey, you should do this and this and this because mm-hmm. I have it all figured out. No, in no way in hell is are me or Chris or Ben like that yeah. in any way. And I think that needs to be very clear. And I think our members know that because, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I definitely don't have it figured out. And I utilize those tools yeah. to my own advantage. I, I really do. There passages is so so explain to me more. Let's let's switch gears here because I'm tired of feeling like I'm you, again. This has become like a, a fucking Kim. <laughs> After this, I'm just in a corner. No, chugging beer. You're not, <laughs> I, is this depressing you? No, no, not at all. No, I, I like this kind of conversation. Okay. No, I'm I'm never really defeated that easily either. I don't take it. Any and you shouldn't feel defeated. No, in fact, I, feel I think like I said, the, the part that that got got me the most was the fact that I feel like we have. We, we are very similar in that sense where you want to provide so much value for a client. Mm-hmm. And I think until I realized that there is literally 50 other people doing a quarter of the work that I am and making 10 times the amount of money. And that's when I'm like, what point is this worth it yeah. to me? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, Cause it's not always about money. It's no. not. And I think that's what you're trying to pitch is like, it's not about money. I don't really care about the money aspect of things, but <laughs> I got to make, I got to make something, yeah. you know? Yep. So okay. passages, what is passages and explain to me why, um, you know, or how you got involved in, in passages. Yeah. So passages to success is Ben Surratt's little baby. It's basically, he took this idea that his mom had and format formatted it to help businesses of all kind of levels, industries, everything. And it's literally, we try to find, we try to make you see that you're the super hero in your own business mm-hmm. you know it's about knowing your own worth that's huge <laughs> clearly i need more of that <laughs> no it's about knowing your own worth and time management <laughs> also development it's all these other cool things <laughs> ben's gonna like you're no longer an owner <laughs> no ben's gonna watch this and he's gonna call you afterwards i oh, guarantee God. you and be like you know what Austin's right. <laughs> You're going to raise your fucking prices and you are worth more. I told you that. I know he's going to do that. And we're doing a podcast in six months and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that will be Ben. Yeah. but See, my problem is Ben moved away. So he did. I blame we miss him. you, Ben. I blame him completely. I, uh, I, uh, that, that guy's something special. Yeah. 
we can we can talk about him for a second. Um, if you haven't seen the Ben episode, go back. Uh, I think it's episode like twenty something. So, what has been your biggest struggle besides the whole we'll just call it valuing yourself thing that we just went through? What has been hardest for you um, moving forward? With Real quick, this the title of this and be like, know your damn wealth. Yeah, it's Woman. It, it is a hundred percent going to be knowing your worth. Mm-hmm. Like I'm calling it now. Perfect. I'll be your spokesperson for that. Dude, I'm you know what? Hey, I other hope, people will watch this and relate. I know it's so, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. I hope so. And I'm not saying that I know mine no. either right now. In fact, I'm being I have I have I feel like I know that I am am an empathetic person. Like I know that I can provide empathy in so many scenarios. And that is this right now. Like yeah. I feel like I'm being very empathetic in a sense for you that I feel for you because I don't want you to be taken advantage of. I don't want people you to not be paid for what you're worth. And I won't do it to myself anymore because I know that the mental state that it puts me in Mm -hmm. is so unfair to myself or anybody else around me by doing that, by overworking myself for jack shit prices. That's not fair. Yeah. hundred percent. But what, what, what else has, has been a struggle for you recently? I I know that you, you had uh, a lot of stuff go down. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing is balance. <laughs> a work-life balance. It does not exist. I will tell you that. Um, balance is really hard. Like my dad was in the hospital, you know, and I lived 3,000 miles away. He literally almost died. <laughs> and your, your dad recently went to the, got yes, in the hospital. Yes. Yeah. It was, a, it was a week after ThriveCon. So, you know, I'm all my mindset. So we had our five-year wedding renewal October 28th. Mm-hmm. And me and my husband, we threw a big Halloween party, got to celebrate us being married five years because we'll be married five years. It just passed December 30th. But we just celebrated early. Thank you. Got to wear a black dress because I was like, I always wanted to wear a black dress. Um, we love Halloween. <laughs> Halloween freaks. Um, I, saw, I saw your party pics. It looked rad. <laughs> Probably went off of rail a little. There's a lot of photos I did not Good. post. <laughs> you should. You should have fun. Yeah. Heck yeah. It's my house too. I can be safe. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the drive. Um, I didn't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so. You don't need to. So it's perfect. Uh, anyways, yes. Parties. Be safe. Um, but no, we did that October 28th. ThriveCon was November 2nd. And literally one week after ThriveCon, the 7th, 8th, I don't know what that was, my dad was rushed to the hospital and he lives in Florida. And... It was very scary. I was already just dealing with all the emotion of being five years married and then going straight into work mode, finishing up everything with ThriveCon, being extremely exhausted after ThriveCon. So those big conventions and conferences, they take a lot out of you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have my partner Ben here to help me with that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of, you know, stress on my side. I literally was so mentally exhausted after that. Mm -hmm. I think I just turned off my phone, didn't text anybody for a week. Yeah. And I, then everything I with my can dad. Imagine. Yeah. And he was rushed to the hospital and I get that call from my stepmom sobbing her eyes out saying I need to three way you and your two sisters. And you know, it was it's really hard cuz I was like <laughs> I'm going to have to fly to Florida and mm-hmm. go try to pick these pieces together. My dad could die on while I'm on the airplane and Yeah, the unknown. Oh, it was, I didn't even want to take my phone off airplane mode. Like I was just so scared <sighs> that I was going to get the worst news in the world. But dude, yeah, he's okay now. <laughs> so yeah, he's home. And yeah, they said he had like a reverse stroke, uh, maybe a thunderclap where literally a vessel just pops in your brain mm-hmm. and your brain is bleeding. And they said mostly they go to sleep if somebody has that and then they die. He didn't go to sleep. So well, I'm glad die. your dad is okay. <laughs> 
did that did that experience recently provide you with any perspective on life? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That you didn't have before? It's kind of crazy since I became an entrepreneur. I feel like there's been so many things personally that have challenged me. I was never I don't think I ever really knew myself when I was in corporate for those 17 years. I didn't know my likes, I didn't know my dislikes, I didn't know who tr- what a true friend is. I didn't you know, know that value of family time. Mm -hmm. And ever since I became an entrepreneur, I prioritized my mental health. I prioritized my physical health. I've been dealing with ovarian cysts since I, I don't know, it was like 25, 26, to the point where me and my husband now, we were just dating. It was a year in our dating in 2015. (laughs) And I had a cyst rupture on my ovary and I had internal bleeding. I literally almost died. And, you know, Dude. and ever since then, it's getting worse and worse and worse, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason I can't decide if I want to have kids. I kind of decided at this point, I think the risk factor is really high. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure people will see that and dis- disagree, but that's my decision. I mm-hmm. just don't want to put my body through that turmoil. And, you know, I got really sick that first year I was an entrepreneur and I was frustrated. I was annoyed that these doctors just pushed me away oh, it's, I can't find anything, or you need to change your diet, this and that. And I'm like, no, I tell you, I know my body. It's an ovarian cyst, and mm-hmm. it's bad. Like, it's huge. And after hours and hours and hours in the waiting room and the emergency room, all this crap, doing EKG scans, I'm like, no, it's not my chest. I told you it's my cyst because I know what it is. Mm-hmm. And just being ignored and not prioritized that I know my body. I'm not self-diagnosed myself. I went through it. And it was just so frustrating just for them to tell me I have a golf ball size cyst on my ovary. Yeah, I could have told you that. <laughs> Fix me. I want preventive care. Like, I don't want to have to deal with this every six months on the clock, which is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Literally every six months I have a cyst. And they don't know what to do? No, no. I even talked about, you know, different cortisol levels for women and all that kind of stuff. And my doctor's like, I know it's trending on social media, <laughs> but it's not a real thing. And I'm just like, what? No. I mean, like, I have I will, I'll try anything. I don't. <laughs> I will literally care. try anything. Yeah, dude. I. It's so frustrating. My wife has been dealing with that. She's dealing with this recently. I'm gonna put you in touch with somebody. Yeah, please do. No, for real. Um, and uh, we're gonna have this this uh, woman on the podcast too. But this woman, um, her name is Michaela. She runs a naturopath. Two mm. two doors that way, and uh, our children went to. Um, <coughs> they played t-ball together. And uh, that, that's how we connected. I didn't even know she did that. But she followed me on, on the page the other day. And I was like, yo, my wife's been dealing with some stuff for years. And I hit her up and I was like, hey, um, nobody has been able to solve these issues that my wife has been having um, with her body for literally since we've met. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar. She's had stuff like that happen. But most of it is uh, um, a lot of it started after we had our first son, the the strain of problems and bullshit. But I think I've told you that story before. Mm-hmm. Um, but she drove to our house, dude, and was willing to just sit there and listen to us talk about what it was that was happening. Because my wife couldn't leave. We were watching kids. We had whatever. Like, I, I was there with Life. her. Yeah. You know, but it was cool because she was willing to take the time out of her day to just come and chill and listen. And like, that was so refreshing because the, everybody in the medical system, um, not, and, and I'll, I'll fuck it, everybody. Like if you, I'm sorry if you work in the medical industry and you're not this way, but it has become so 
like financially driven mm-hmm. that l- like and 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 all and social media has provided so many different outlets for you to be able to not self-diagnose but do your own research and sometimes you go into these places introducing things to doctors and people that you know <coughs> you, you not that you know more than them you know but they almost look at you like you're stupid mm-hmm. And I've, I've had so many of those conversations with, with many doctors because I was trying to solve the same issue with my wife, you know, and it, it's frustrating when you go in over and over and over and over again, you get people who don't even like take the time to read over your file Mm -hmm. and they're like, so what's going on? (laughs) And you're like, um, you know, I made this appointment six months ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I just now am able to make it in here and I really don't feel like telling you the same fucking story that I have told 30 other doctors. Mm -hmm. And I have had that conversation with people so many times and I am like, literally I could sit here for three hours and I couldn't tell you everything that has happened. Like all the bullshit that you, you guys have put me Mm -hmm. through and my wife through and Oh yeah. You get me on a tangent with that bullshit. I'm too. Oh, <coughs> I get so frustrated about it because I I don't like like I said I don't like being pushed to the side thinking I don't know anything because I look young or whatever the case may be or they think I'm self-diagnosing. No, I'm I'm learning on my own because I don't have a choice. Yeah. Nobody will fucking talk to me and, yeah, and you actually can't listen. Get into anywhere. And then if I do get into someone, they fucking charge more than mm-hmm. anybody. Like what? Why are you what? No. Obviously, no. <laughs> yeah. Can't even afford that. I'm, I'm going to connect you with her. She was great. I she, appreciate uh, that. Just even like the conversation <laughs> made me feel it was, it was just, there was a lot of listening. There was a lot of like just trying to understand, um, you know, the situation. And even even, you know, like a regular doctor, like I just feel like it's so quick in and out now. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just the nature of the medical industry. But yeah, life, dude. The perspective on life when we are surrounded by the possibility of death and the possibility of, you know, seeing people that you love um, hurting gives me and in the past always gives me this different sense of perspective on what I need to find important Mm -hmm. in life. Um, And that was my basis behind that question was like, just did it, did it, did you come home and you're like, you know what, like, okay. I need to make like things that I was gave a shit about before I don't anymore. Oh, for sure. I've had a complicated life with members of my family. And when my dad was literally dying in a coma, (laughs) it puts things in perspective. Mm. You're like, why the fuck do we care about what happened during this time? I'm talking about stuff that maybe I shouldn't completely ignore for the rest of my life. Clearly I need some form of therapy or something to heal from childhood wounds, whatever that case may be. Um, and I'm talking about like, I was the oldest, I had to raise my siblings. Mm -hmm. I will never change that because we're so close now because I raised them and got to see them grow up and become the people they are. And they got to learn from mistakes I was dealing with, like bad people I dated. Neither one of my two sisters are dating or three sisters are dating bad people. And I think it's because they got to see what I went through. I'm not saying like, oh, it needs to be perfect for them because they also need to learn their own. Mm -hmm. But they did see a lot of that was there for a lot of those tears and stuff. You had to raise your, your, your brother and sister or your sisters. Yeah. So I'm the oldest. My brother's three years younger. He's, um, has autistic 
tendencies, seizures, all that kind of stuff. So his mental state is definitely much younger than okay. a man in his 30s. Sweetheart. Fucking love him. Me and him are like best friends now. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were younger, though, I didn't understand. It wasn't talked about. I'm a millennial. They didn't talk about mental health or seizures or autism or health issues. No, they didn't talk about that shit at all. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. I didn't understand truly the the part that takes on his brain that changes the way he thinks and reacts. Like when my dad was rushed to the hospital that day, my stepmom wasn't home. My mom was in Buffalo visiting her brother who was in the hospital. And so it was just my brother and my youngest sister that lives with them. And they had to call the ambulance. (laughs) She is 11 years younger than me. And me and her are exactly the same people. We're We're like 27. So I'm 35, so what's that? 23, 24. 24. Um, 24. So, okay, so you're you're basically an autistic brother Mm -hmm. and your younger (coughs) sister. I have two younger sisters. Yeah, but that day it was my grandpa who's (coughs) coming up on 80 Mm -hmm. and he's having a hard time walking around and stuff. He lives with my dad. He's his dad. Yeah. Um, And then, so he was crying while the ambulance was carrying my dad into the hospital oh. or into the ambulance. My brother had a huge tantrum, which he hasn't had in a while. Cause he's going through therapies himself mm-hmm. and it was crazy. Like he's just like hitting things about to hit my sister in the face and just blowing up a huge yeah. blowout. And then Allie is trying to keep everything together. Talk to the ambulance guy, give him information about my dad that she can't, doesn't even know, can't answer mm-hmm. all while my stepmom is like trying to hurry and come home. It was just a hot mess. And Dude. then my Sister calls me crying. My brother calls me crying. And and it's cool that I can be there for them to be that, okay, voice. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, calm down. It's going to be okay. Cody, just go apologize to Allie for whatever you did. You know, whatever the case may be. And then talk to Grandpa. Let's calm him down. <laughs> he doesn't need to be crying. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It was just, it's very, it's a lot. But I think because of that closeness, I'm able to almost be like another parent figure to them. Which wasn't really fair to me growing up because I basically gave up my childhood to raise them. Yeah. You know, I'm like 14 year old girl. <laughs> I have my own shit I'm dealing with. And then I'm having to raise a baby. I, I, the pressure that I feel like you end up putting on yourself in those situations is, uh, it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's unforgiving. Mm hmm. When you're young like that, it doesn't allow you to have that that childhood, mm-hmm. the you know, and the experience that you should. You almost like it puts like this strain on your brain, uh, and and the growth that you should be going through and the experiences that you should be going through, and doesn't allow you that. I don't know what you would call it. Just that time. Yeah, that's important. I mean, that's why I say I don't think I ever really knew who I was until I. 2020 which is crazy but literally i would work two three jobs to escape my home life and i didn't want to be poor we grew up really really poor i think in it was sixth grade seventh grade and we lived in a hotel we had no house and we're all literally in one room all three of my siblings me my mom my dad our two dogs it was insane. you lived in a hotel lived in a hotel room yeah and i don't fault my parents because at that time they both were working Mm. my dad just got laid off and you know i was always so pissed at him because me and my dad are really close we've always been really close but i was so mad because he missed my seventh grade talent show (laughs) 
And I remember, I think that is when I lived in the hotel. It had to be because I was practicing for that talent show. Mm-hmm. And I did a Shakira tango song. <laughs> I just literally lip sang and danced to it. <laughs> and I was like so mad he didn't show up. I won People's Choice Award, like a little People's Choice trophy. It was announced. It wasn't first, second, and third. But it was a People's Choice Award. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was so proud of that moment. And my dad missed it because he was working to get us out of that hotel room. Mm. And you don't see what sacrifices your parents are making. Because at the time, you're just like an angry teenager. You're like, okay, you're out. My parents did get divorced. So my mom would go drink and do stuff. She doesn't do any of that stuff anymore. She's really come a huge long way. Me and her were really tight. But for a while there, we were not. And, you know, I was angry at her because I'm like, you're not the only one that's dealing with this divorce. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest my siblings have zero idea what the hell is happening. <laughs> the babies are little. Like, I think my sister was three and five when they got divorced. Dude. They never knew anything else. They only ever know my stepmom. Mm-hmm. I was never angry at my dad for remarrying one month after the divorce. Like, and because I was a daddy's girl, I never, mm-hmm. I just ignored it as much as I could. But growing up, I'm like, oh, you know, it made me who I am today. I'm a strong individual who can live on my own, do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't have my career path figured out, but if I needed to, I'd go get a job like that. Sure. Because I know my priorities is to live. That was always my grinding mindset, was to live, 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 and do what I need to do to get to the next spot. So almost losing my dad, it's kind of like, oh, none of that shit matters anymore. <laughs> I can actually kind of heal or start to heal yeah. and learn from it and grow. It's almost like uh, it takes those traumatic moments and... It's, it's weird what, what they, they do. Mm-hmm. They allow you the perspective that you normally don't get yeah. when you're just living everyday life in your own, you know, we'll just call it sorrow or pity or um, frustration, mm-hmm. you know. But it's, it sucks that it takes those moments, though, sometimes to yeah. do that, you know. I, I actually hate the fact that, you know, it takes... Like I wish, I wish you could you could be provided certain perspective without having to go through that, but I feel mm-hmm. like you just can't. Oh, I agree. My husband's very different from me. So, yeah. what is your husband? What's your husband like? Um, I mean, he's he's not a child of divorce, so mm-hmm. he didn't have to deal with any of that turmoil. He didn't grow up rich, but they were taken care of, and so he never got to. I don't think he ever truly understood that factor. I mean, him have been had conversations about this. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, you don't understand. This is why I am the way I am. This mm-hmm. is why I get more emotional when it comes to being told what to do or whatever that case may be. We have those transparent conversations. We've yeah. been together 11 years. We know basically exactly who we are <laughs> at this point. Um, but he grew up pretty good. He's, you know, went to college. He got to afford college. I couldn't even afford college. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy to think about. Like, that was just never in my my goal set because I just had to work to make money to keep a roof over my head and in some case take care of my family, which I still do. Do you do you hold any resentment still from any of that? Like 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 I know you just said that you moved on from that mm-hmm. with your dad, but does it ever cross your mind still with dealing with all the bullshit that you had to deal with as a kid? And do you ever take that like is it a motivator for you today or is it more of the opposite where it's like like um, I don't, almost, almost like a, 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 what do you call that? A weight. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think I victimized myself for a long time. Um, I think 
I never got to really know who I was or why I learned to do X, Y, Z and, you know, my characteristics. I don't think I have truly understood. It's a factor of what I went through, mm-hmm. good or bad. I feel like it is who I am. And I would, like I said, I wouldn't change those things. Um, I think I just victimized myself. What do you mean? The more that? I would talk about it. It's crazy. I wouldn't talk about it for so long. And as soon as I started to think you just about feel bad myself, for yourself? yeah, I would feel like, oh, my life was shit growing up. Okay. I, you know, I would be like, oh, that kind of sucks. I had kind of a shitty childhood. I would say those kind of comments. Mm-hmm. And I think once I started to figure out, no, I didn't have a shitty childhood. You know, my parents did what they could with what they also had to grow up with. And it is a very generational kind of situation. They both grew up pretty poor, you know, mm-hmm. and my, they got married when my mom was 16, like so young, yeah. so young. So it. they were kids themselves having us like, God, I can't even imagine when so I turned 16. I was like, there's no way how I can have a baby. <laughs> how did you get out of the victim mindset then? Yeah. Um, I think it's more so being able to actually talk about it, but with the, a, a, with like an outcome. Like, okay, so I'm going to talk about it, but that's not going to be it. I'm also going to talk about, okay, what do I need to do to overcome this? Like, I was so angry at my mom for so long. And before I got married, I was like, this is kind of crazy. I don't need to be so angry at her. I need to heal these kind of wounds and talk Mm -hmm. to her and have an open dialogue conversation about how I felt as a kid and why I think it wasn't cool or, you know, whatever. And listen to her side. So Mm -hmm. I think... I was so angry with me like, oh, my life was shit. I hate this, blah, blah, blah. Just being always the victim to where I would turn it around and be like, okay, no, it's still healthy to talk about it, but also talk about what you got from it in a good way and just kind of take the good with the bad. So I don't you know. Con- it's you hard con- to explain. You <laughs> confronted the reality of mm-hmm. what was bothering you. Yes. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. So instead of, <clears throat> instead of wallowing in the thoughts of anger and pity. Um, it's like the Grinch. Wallow you, and yeah. self-pity. Wallow and self-pity. Sorry. <laughs> um, you confronted that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really invaluable. Like really, re- sorry, really valuable and really important um, to share. And I still want to talk to a therapist because I'm sure there's so bro, much more you, I can do. Jeez. 100%. Yeah. yeah the f- therapists are like, I've never been to a therapist myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm fucking there. I'm ready. Like even on the 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 health journey and the mental health kick that I've been on recently, um, I still think that I know that there's shit that mm-hmm. deep inside is bothering me. But you know, like you had said, you talk about it, and I think that so many people nowadays want to just bottle things up, yeah. and you feel like that that is and and hide from the issues and hide from the feelings and the pain. And then feel bad for yourself. And that doesn't do anything no. for anyone ever. Like I, 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 you can spend time feeling bad for yourself or you can get the fuck up and do something about it. And it doesn't change anything to have those feelings. Like, like we yeah. get it. Like I, I think I heard this, uh, this conversation. I don't remember the guy, but I saw it on Instagram earlier and this guy was like, on this phone with this woman and the woman goes, you know, he has a, uh, he has a lot of baggage and, you know, I just feel like, you know, bad. And, you know, so I have to give him, you know, a little bit of, of grace. And the guy goes, no, you fucking don't like 
we all have baggage. We all have mm-hmm. issues. I have problems. And you know what? My wife doesn't deserve that baggage. She doesn't get that. Yeah. Like, why does my wife get that baggage just because I have my own issues? You know what I mean? And that comes with confronting uh, the issues head on and f- and hitting them and and tackling the 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 hard things that you are are thinking about in life that are bothering you and you know we people people are so afraid of you know and and want somebody to come help them but what they don't realize is you no one's gonna fucking help you yeah you you can only you you could do this this whole conversation about telling me about all of these issues that you had in your life austin i had this happen to me and this happened to me and this happened to me but you said one thing you said I wanted to talk about it. And I think that is so important. Mm-hmm. More people need to talk about the struggle. More people need to talk about their true feelings. Stop hiding shit. Stop lying to yourself. Be true. Be honest. Yeah. And dude, like the other side is is right there. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm I value that so much. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I appreciate it. Definitely wasn't easy. My poor husband. <laughs> <laughs> he's been with me for literally we just celebrated started dating 11 years yes we still keep track of that congratulations i think years that's is amazing huge. that is humongous dude yeah and he's like the perfect person in my eyes and he's always the first to remind me he's not perfect and that's what i fucking love about him like he's like i know you've been through a lot he never dismisses anything i've ever been through mm-hmm. He just doesn't allow me to use it as a crutch, which I appreciate. He helps me grow. He helps me want to talk about it. We have different upbringings, different family dynamics, but he went through shit himself. Like he, and just like being able to talk about it, not compare and contrast, but -hmm. understand where each of us are coming from. I think that so, so many people make the mistake when you're trying to give advice about somebody's trauma by saying like, I know, um, instead of, instead of saying, I understand, uh, you know, how you feel. Um, everybody wants to say like, I, I've, I've been there, it's happened to me or like, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. The, what I, the best way that I have found to provide those, that, that opinion on somebody else's trauma is understanding the perspective realm of things. And I've said this, uh, before I'm hopefully I can portray it how I want to portray it this time, but your problems and what you have been through might be just as severe as the next guy's problems, but they might, you know, in retrospect, in real life, they, they might be different, but the way that you feel about those problems is no different. The way that you feel about that trauma is no different. It is the worst feeling you've ever had, right? So everybody's worst feeling is their worst feeling. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's interesting. So like you might've been through way more shit than me, but the worst thing that I've been through, that feeling of, 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 of the worst is still the worst. You know what I mean? So that feeling of self-wallow and pity, it kind of is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe when somebody's like, ah, oh, there, there are things that are dramatically worse. Death, seeing people die, uh, you know, we don't want to discredit anybody's tr- life trauma, abuse or whatever. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is if you can understand perspective of, of life and how those actual internal feelings work, somebody's worst, worst of the worst might even be worse than what your way up here is just because they're in their own head and, and 
yeah. So love that. It's it's a tough one to to grasp, but when you understand that, you know, feelings and emotions don't care. How do I say this without sounding like a douche? Um, the outside world of what we compare and contrast as to being bad doesn't correlate in a sense with your internal feelings in your brain. Mm-hmm. Like still those, the worst emotions are still the worst emotions. But oh, 100%. And you remember them. You do. You do, dude. We got to get off this deep topic. We got to talk about something positive. I feel like it's been great, actually. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed the openness and the vulnerability that you've been able to display. I think that uh, it's humanizing. Um, You know, I I just, I don't think it's been depressing. I think there's a lot of value that can be sought from, you know, being vulnerable. Yeah. And just sharing things that you, you might not share with everybody, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's hard to do. Yeah. I think I'm in the opposite. <laughs> I've fallen on the opposite realm here where now I overshare, mm. but I think it's because so, so long I was so closed off and you're like, I got so much to say. I'm like, I have so much to say. It's true, dude. It's a good Seriously. feeling though, too. Oh, and I think it so good. comes addicting when you realize like just talking about and sharing, uh, you know, your own bullshit. Mm-hmm. It, it lets other people into this door that, you know, uh, or opens doors for other people of not feeling alone and feeling like they're the only people that are going through bullshit. Yep. I've got so many messages recently of, because I've been doing morning walks. I've been doing uh, like walk and talk type things where I just walk and I talk for sometimes like 20 minutes straight. Um, just about whatever is on my brain. I just brain dump. Mm. It feels so good, dude. I love it's that. like people want to go and think, you know, and I just say what's on my brain. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> it's about hot sauce. Sometimes it's about, uh, you know, brushing your teeth and your tongue. How many times you gag when you brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I it's about it. like um, impactful things of, of or motivation that I need on myself. But, you know, I also think uh, people kind of hide their, uh, people don't realize that, like, you know, those those attaboys, when you see people, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you see the, when you see other people talking motivationally, a lot of times those people are just trying to speak to themselves mm, yeah. and internally speaking oh, what 100%. you would like say to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's actually wild because I found that I have, found more motivation and uh like positivity and growth from talking to a camera and re-watching some of those sometimes and i'm like man i feel like shit right now and like i'll go back and like read my or listen to my instagram story and i'm trying to like pump myself up for the day and i'm like fuck yeah okay let's go you know i like get a little attaboy from my own shit which is a little weird that might sound a little uh what's the word uh, con- con- not condescending, but uh, conceited. Yeah. Con- hey, be conceited. Yeah. Who cares? Let's change that word. Let's make it positive. No. It could be a positive We're spinning word. Spinning it. Yeah. I th- it what's be. What's the difference between being uh being cocky and being confident? Hmm. Conceited. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Is it? You think it's possible to be? Oh, for sure. Like, what's where's the line for that though? 
I guess it's how the way you you perceive yourself, like in your everyday life. Are yeah. you overly cocky? Are you or are you just super confident but not able to like speak in a cocky? Like there's times where you need to do both. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just the way you perceive your your behaviors, your actions. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think that you've ever came off to, or do you do you ever like think about that? If you've came off to people as as like a cocky asshole, and you're like, no, I'm just trying to like, I'm just confident, you know. I had a friend tell me I was condescending once, Condescend- <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she's a so resting ouch. bitch face, and I'm like, I'm proud of my resting bitch face. You could take it or leave it, friend. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. But I was like, oh, fuck, am I condescending? And None of my close friends or my husband will tell me yes. Just that one person. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to understand where you're coming from because we were in a little bit of a tiff, you mm-hmm. know? I'm like, no, I just want to understand exactly where you're coming from because I disagree, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to hear your side. That's yeah. not condescending, in my opinion. No, it's not. It's just the other person didn't want to hear my side. So. I, I find myself questioning a lot, too. But I've also, mm-hmm. like, I've learned that I const- I, I often will ask questions that I don't. I shouldn't ask. Yeah. Or I'll like, like, and I've, I've kind of learned to self-regulate that a little bit, but mm-hmm. this, this whole podcasting thing has allowed me because now when I'm having a conversation, I'm always thinking about like when somebody's saying something, I'm thinking about like how, I don't know what I'm, I'm understanding and I'm taking in what they're saying, but I also, this, this job, we'll call it, I've had to learn the skill of thinking about another question mm. after thinking about something to say after that. So now I've had to learn how to internalize what somebody has is saying, but also keep digging into mm-hmm. the topic and figuring out like, okay, yep. what's the next, where, <laughs> how do I get, how do I open that, keep opening that gate and uh, talking's a skill, dude. Mm, like yeah. it's fucking so hard. What, what is your, what's your, know my worth. Okay. I'm <laughs> just kidding. For real. No, seriously. Yeah. And, you know, that's something I've struggled with forever. And it's never, you know, right now it's not where I want to be. So I'm just trying to figure out what's the next steps. Is that an uncomfortable feeling? You don't feel uncomfortable? I don't know. Yes and no. Excuse me, I burped. Uh, but yes and no. I think it's exciting to okay. not know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it scares the shit out of me to not know what so is going to happen. I mean, like, what are you, what are you working on, like, tomorrow? What do you do? What is, what's tomorrow in store for you? Yeah. Tomorrow is a passages focus. I feel like there's so much potential there to still grow it because of our umbrella of, of things that we can feature, the Mm -hmm. networking group, the pit, the podcast, all these things, and to continue to build a community. I think that is my, at least that's this week. Yeah. (laughs) This week, that is my focus. How do you stay focused? Because as an entrepreneur, you're, there is always, you're, you do have a thousand things that mm-hmm. you can do, right? Yeah. In, in, in this scenario, um, you know, I'm like, what do you do tomorrow? You're like, oh, fuck, dude, where am I going to start? Like, <laughs> Actually, my day is pretty organized. I'm going to work on this. Okay, so what, is that, what does that look like? And yeah. how, do you, how do you organize those days? Yeah, so it's all, f- so being in the corporate world, it's all about those procedures that mm. you put into place. And I will say I was a little slack in it when it came to serendipitous. But with passages, I have those procedures in place. Okay. I don't fuck around with that. So no. how does that work? Like, what, do, what yeah. do you mean? So I make sure that, you know, I have the proper tool set up, whether it's a schedule time with me calendar feature 
right mm-hmm. now. I currently use Calendly. It's not going to be forever. You know, we're trying to um, plug put plugins into our website to create those kind of features, like a subscribe calendar, so then all the events will be there, and then you can subscribe and see everything Passages is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, just different little tools like that with when it comes to our website. Right. Until then, I'm utilizing things that are either free or, you know, more on the lower level discount. Um, so like for scheduling our social media, I have been using Canva Uh to schedule our social media because I don't necessarily use all the templates that are on Canva, but I already pay for Canva. Um, and I'm like, why not utilize that extra freebie that's on there? So I'm going to schedule my still post. So then the only time I have to use on social media is to react to my audience, um, respond to comments and stuff or Mm -hmm. reels. Yeah. And TikTok would be business over beer. So Ben has that. So. Nice. You know, it's just like dedicating, okay, we're going to utilize this platform for this and we're going to have this time frame set aside for this. Mm-hmm. So I've been setting aside um, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays in the afternoon strictly for passages time. Yeah. That might change if I decide I want to work for a nonprofit or something. Obviously, I need to pivot what that time frame looks like, but I have those set hours set aside strictly for that. Nice. And I have to do that. I have to have those procedures in place in order to not get overwhelmed or have things fall through the crack <laughs> or it's easy to do. Yeah. Or get lazy. <laughs> um, my last question for you and then we'll wrap this up. Where do you, uh, where do you want to be in five years? Mm, I hate that question. Mm. Where do you want to be? I hate that question because I'm a Libra and I, so for the horoscope, <laughs> Libras are a little <laughs> la, 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 <laughs> just for the way that they think and operate. Um, we're social butterflies pretty mm-hmm. much. And I change my mindset of where I want to be and who I want to be all the time. So thinking five years out, I'm like, God, I have no idea what I, where I would be in five yeah. years. What I would like to, I have those like bare minimums that I have to reach. Mm-hmm. So still prioritizing my personal life relationship and making sure you know, my husband does come first, but also making sure I have that balance of, you know, work and still making a name for myself because that's super important. To I'm going to I'm going to help you with this. Yes. Create my five year plan. Nope. I mean, I'm going to go a different direction with this. So we talked about balance earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you think that you are kicking ass at right now? Personal life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Making time for that. Oh, yeah. OK. What do you think? like if that you're lacking at right now that I'm like not doing great in is probably my I wouldn't say business at like the business mindset it's more like I don't think I'm even thinking twice about financial at all like it's obviously I know that's does important does your husband make money he does make money does he make good money he makes good money. Doesn't mean we don't want to travel and see the world and buy a new TV sure. and Xbox you, whenever the hell we feel like. Would know? that financial thing be different though if you were yeah. if you didn't have that safety net of your oh, husband? Oh yeah, I don't even think I'd be an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be really? honest. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. If That's I didn't have him as my safety net, yeah, uh, to be gracious enough. Like I said, he's complete opposite of me. Mm-hmm. I could change my mind like this. He's not. He's set in his ways kind of yeah. thing. Um, but we have mutual respect when it comes to making each other happy and understanding where our happiness lies. 
but I, I am like, I am lacking in that financial standpoint. I'm not, it's not even like been a thought. It is now going into this new year. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I miss having, it's not really ever just my money. It's not because we, we believe it's our money. Sure. But I want to be able to go and, you know, I don't know, I don't know, buy clothing or (laughs) have a beer any day of the week I want to without having to think of that guilt. Mm -hmm. Like I never want him to resent me because for our entire relationship, I worked, 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 worked. Sure. And we had enough money to live very comfortably. Yeah. And we recently watched on Netflix, um, is it get rich or have a, how to have a rich life or something like that? I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but we watched that. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It changed my mindset on money because I was always so scared to talk about money is what, made my parents get divorced and I feel like we never were brought up to know about credit debt or any of that kind of stuff. So I fell into some deep financial bad problems before I got married, uh, before I met Nathan, mm-hmm. my husband. And so ever since we watched that, I was like, Oh, it doesn't have to be so taboo and so scary. It can actually be something that we both compromise on and figure out our end goals together as a couple. Mm-hmm. And we can still have our own personal financial goals. Yeah. It was just very interesting. So it changed my mindset completely. So you don't, uh, yeah, I, I totally get the resentment and the guilt thing. Even if you have somebody in your life that on the other end of things that like would never, mm-hmm. it's still hard to not hold that upon yourself. Yeah. You know, but. And I think about like he travels for his job. If anything, God forbid anything happened to him, you know, I, I don't want to have to rely on others. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It sounds I'm probably being stubborn in that sense, but that's just how I was. But I, I grew up stubborn, having dude. to like think for myself and take care of myself. And I want to continue to be able to do that if anything ever happened or if he needed to quit his job because he was absolutely miserable. Like yeah. I want to be able to return that favor. Right. Right. I think that is, uh, no, that's a great point. I think about that a lot too. Um, I think that that feeling though can be solved with finding your, your value mm-hmm. of like where you could really, like you had said, you know, you guys both understand the kind of your, your roles we'll, mm-hmm. we'll call it. Right. But understanding your value of like, it doesn't necessarily need to be a financial thing. Like I, I want it to be, I want to change that mindset of money. I want yeah. it to be fun. I don't know. It's not dude. Oh, I don't know if it wants to be fucking fun. <laughs> I want to spend it. <laughs> you know, I, I hate it. I hate money so much. Dude. Me too. We, well, I have the, I have been dealing with financial bullshit for so long and I am so exhausted of it. Like beyond exhausted, beyond what I could even mm-hmm. ex- describe to you. I woke up the other night and I just like woke up and I was like, oh, I just had like this instant panic and anxiety for no reason. My situation was no different than it was the day before. But it was always it, like about money. And I've yeah. literally come to realize that every ounce of stress that I have in my entire life, like every ounce of it is sur- surrounds itself with money. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's exhausting. It leaves me feeling hopeless. It leaves me feeling like, like lost. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what to do, you know? And like I own three coffee shops. I'm. M- they make great money, but there is like always this financial weight and burden has been literally 
since we started the journey. And I think mm-hmm. I keep telling myself, I keep telling myself, everybody says, you know, if you're not waking up in the middle of the night crying, like trying to figure out what it is, you know, uh, what to do because you don't know what to do, then, you know, like if you're like, if you're not doing that, then you're not, you haven't experienced entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for so long, <laughs> not every night, but like having that feeling for so long yeah. that I'm so burnt out of it. Like I've reached this point where I just give I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I don't, I hate it. I hate mm-hmm. money. I hate everything about it. I like running a business fucking sucks. And if anybody tells you that it's different, they're fucking lying to you. Yep. Like they are a hundred percent lying to you. It is so, but I'm, so, I'm so close, dude. So close to being able to escape that and see the other side of that. And I'm, I feel like the more that I go about it and the deeper that I get into this journey, I continue to realize that that I've been saying that for fucking four years. Yeah. I think it's because we're millennials. Yeah. Why? Because we got fucked. <laughs> we went through you so much so? shit. <laughs> well, it was just such a different way of thinking when we were kids. And I think it's the same for our parents too, that generation. But it just, I don't know, it, it, it made us feel like, okay, we have to make money or there's no happiness mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And then we fall into patterns that where we keep messing up over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's because we don't know how to break that, that barrier and just understand that money can be, obviously it's always going to be frustrating. It's always going to be, that's just the world we live in, but we can find ways to kind of try to find some form of happiness or little wins here and there. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's, I don't know, it's hard. Dude, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I don't blame you. I don't disagree with that. I just think that I've spent so much time of my life trying to, like, especially recently, trying to better myself mentally, right? And everything else, like, I can confront. It's me. Like, I can handle it. Mm-hmm. But I can't confront the fact that, you know, I have debt. Yeah. And I have... Like I, like I can confront that, but I can't fucking do anything about it. So like I literally go to this mindset where I go like, how do I, cause I either need to make more money or sell something, mm-hmm. right? You reach a point in your life with financial stress or burdens that you realize, okay, I either need to make more money, find a way to pull more money out my butt, or I need to sell something and get rid of something. Yep. And my, you know, my instant like jump is to always not to quit it's i'm not going to give up on this thing i'm not going to sell that thing i don't want to quit yeah and so i keep just pushing myself and pushing myself and pushing pushing myself and i have now like bro i make like do you pay yourself i make stupid money but i don't see any of it yep it literally all goes into my mistakes Mm -hmm. goes into debt it goes into fuck-ups and I'm just fighting to stay alive. And I feel like I've been fighting to breathe like some fresh air for so fucking long that I literally am just like, like, uh, like every time I think about it, I just can't break mm-hmm. it. Yep. I'm just done with it. So yeah. I I have this feeling and I, and I, I say all this, uh, cause I genuinely respect the feeling and the thought that you have about money and, you're not alone in that sense of hating it as much. Um, I think that I'm just trying not like, I'm just trying not to quit. Yeah. 
you know, and give up because I like, <laughs> you know, you're just, I just try and tell myself that's when everybody else does. That's when everybody else quits when it gets hard mm-hmm. and you throw in the towel and you don't know it, but you could have been uh, one more, one more day yep. and your problems could have been solved. Mm-hmm. So I'm fucking fighting for that. And uh, I don't know if you knew it, but this podcast just ranked uh, 84 on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Congratulations. In the top 100 of the education platform, by the way, Um, which was a huge milestone. And uh, Carter's uh, clip is about to hit a million views. Did it hit a million yet? Is it close? It's at like 960 or 70,000 views or some shit. But um, I'm hoping that, you know, this could be that outlet that it could be. I don't know. You know, when you're like kind of like you're just praying for something to happen because you don't have anything else Mm -hmm. to do. Yep. You know. That's where I'm at. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just praying, bro. I feel you. (laughs) Praying that some some fucking godsend and. That's probably not the right right thing to say. I'm not saying that I'm not waking up every day going like, how do I get myself out of this mess? Like, I promise you I do that. Um, but I I also am I'm no longer willing to give up my mental sanity anymore. Good. So That's growth. It's growth. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's growth. It's uh, I'm I'm going to figure out this fucking money situation. I'm going to figure out how to confront it. I'm going to figure out how to solve the... Uh, the stressors that lie within that, you know, we talked about this with Ben too on his podcast mm-hmm. a little bit and he, his advice was, was, you know, stop using the word broke, broke, yeah, you know, hate that word. Um, and, and you know, lenders and people, they'll work with you. And to me, like, I totally get that, but like you just, it's, it's hard not to, uh, not to let it affect you mm-hmm. regardless of yeah. whatever is going on, but I'm going to get it figured out. We both will. You definitely will. Yeah. And uh, my first step was just acknowledging it. Yeah. Not sweeping it under the rug. It needs to be something I figure out for myself and with my partner. Mm-hmm. Both individually. Like, they need to be two different things. I need to feel comfortable with my own worth and what I'm bringing in. Yeah. And then also what he's comfortable with us spending as a partnership. So. Well, Kim, let's end this podcast <coughs> here on a, a positive note, and uh, we'll attribute this to uh, Mr. Ben. I think you know where I'm going to go with this. What's your superpower? <laughs> My superpower is positivity. Yeah? Yeah. I like it. I feel like I'm a pretty positive person. I think you'd right. You'd be right. Yeah. I, I think, uh, <laughs> you know what, dude, I think, uh, I think your superpower is is a hundred percent positivity but i also think it is your ability to like you had just did on this entire show and it's be open and be vulnerable and be share over sharing like keep doing that yep i think that's gonna get you my personal core value yeah Mm -hmm. you're gonna grow a lot and i you know, I'm excited to see what you do here within the next few weeks after we have this conversation. <laughs> We're going to have another intervention. Yep. <laughs> you and Ben are going to team um, up against me. Nah, dude. Nah. You yeah, know what? We'll we know. just need to look out for each other. And if you were in the same position where I feel like you 
um, you know, I guess saw what other people do on the mm-hmm. outside, then you do the same thing for somebody. Yep. Whether that's just be some. Oh, pay it forward in the future. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Um, well, guys, uh, where do we find your your social medias? Yes. Um, it's serendipitousbehavior.com. That's a long one. Yes. We'll type it out. <laughs> yes. I'll put it, I'll put all of it in the description, yes. but you also have a gram too, right? Yes, I do. It's, um, serendipitousb at Instagram yeah. or social with underscore serendipitousb. And the social with I do education. Okay. Yeah. And then you have passages, mm-hmm. passages to success, passages to success.com. And then the same for the Instagram passages to success spelled out the word too. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, um, I don't know what day this podcast is coming out, but we have a lot of really good things planned. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for coming here and chatting with me today. Um, I took a lot from this. This was a good one for me. I needed this like me a too. lot. I feel like it was a. Uh, I was, was nervous, but nah. I think it's a good way to start the new year. Like you, you for got me, to. I'm like, oh, this feels good. I'm re- yeah, you good. recharge a little bit. You yeah. know, let it out. Um, this is this is phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much, but yeah, thank you. All right, dudes. Well, do me a favor. Uh, thank you one for watching, listening, viewing, and hitting the subscribe button. I genuinely appreciate it. Thank you to backwoods for sponsoring this podcast. And, uh, real quick, if you're still watching, if you've made it to the end, I want you, I want to gift you something. So, um, being the owner of devs, I am allotted a certain amount of gifts, you know, to giveaways and things that I can do for you. So if you're still watching this video and if you've made it to the end, you can go to orderdevs.com right now and you can get a free shipping anywhere to you in the United States. Um, any of our bags of coffee, just like at checkout, you're going to use code failure 23. I butchered the shit out of that. I'm sorry. It should have been cleaner, but it wasn't. Uh, at checkout, you can use fa- code failure23 and it'll give you free shipping. Again, thank you to everybody that is still watching this. We appreciate you guys and we will see you next week. Later. <laughs>